Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Today's episode is a special one because we're talking with Tom Moliers about his company, iTrekkers. They are dedicated to getting more people outdoors, enjoying Mother Nature and the wilderness that surrounds us. We spend so much time staring at our phones, sitting in offices, and just generally not being in touch with nature. Many of you know that this is an important message for me. Uh, back in episode 97, my good friend Adam Harridan was ringing the bell for more people needing to get outdoors. Similarly, one of our very first interviews with Appalachian Trail record holder Jennifer Farr Davis, all pushing this message forward that we need to get outdoors, we need to be experiencing nature, breathing that beautiful fresh air, and moving our bodies. Tom furthers that cause with a technology platform that connects wannabe outdoor wilderness explorers with professional experienced guides that can help them out. There's a ton of great information about starting a business, about transitioning your career, and about a very honorable mission. So enjoy my conversation with Tom Moliers. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Tom, welcome to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. I, I had to rush to get the recording on because you uh, started to hint at a story about ditching your job and moving to Costa Rica. And I, I said, you know, we need to start right here for the audience so they can get to consume this story, not just myself. So can you kick us off there with leaving your job and moving to Costa Rica? Yeah, for sure. So um, just a little bit of the background, you know, I, I grew up in a typical kind of middle, upper middle class family that, you know, you're being pushed in a certain direction by your family. Oh, you're going to be a doctor or an engineer or go into business. <laughs> and so, you know, went to business school, did that and got the job at the big corporate, you know, uh, it was Georgia Pacific at the time um, down in Atlanta. Um, so I, you know, I moved back to Atlanta at that point, uh, got a low level job working on deduction management. Basically, uh, you take a sheet of paper with what someone paid you and you look at what they should have paid you and you do the math. That, that's how I started my awesome career. Uh, and I, uh, you know, four years of that, uh, got into marketing and whatnot. And then I actually went to work for my father. Um, and so uh, my dad owned at the time a, uh, bakery, uh, and I was doing some retail sales for him, uh, which I had no experience in retail or in sales. And <laughs> you wouldn't call it the good career fit thing. And, you know, it was the whole like, oh, come work. And then we're going to work together. And then you'll one day you'll take over the family business. Um, and then, you know, that's at that point I realized, wait a second, uh, this is not for me. This is not my life. This is his life. This is not what I wanted to do. This is what I've been told I needed to do. Uh, and so I quit. <laughs> I literally uh, was in the living room with my fiance at the time. And uh, she was uh, working for BBT Capital Markets. And we literally looked my parents in the face and said, we're moving to Costa Rica. And we quit uh, two uh, very well-paying jobs to... Uh, uproot, sell everything, and move to Jaco Beach, Costa Rica. Wow. And places, what age were you approximately at that point in time? I was 25. I was your age. Wow. 25. Well, I can definitely uh, relate to a lot of that story, the feeling of 
I don't feel like I'm really on that path. I don't really feel like I'm going in the direction that I expected for myself. Uh, And I'm sure we're fast forwarding a little bit here, but your current venture really seems to fall firmly into the realm of passion project eye trekkers born from your passion for the great outdoors and getting more people out on hikes and experiencing mother nature to, to kind of connect the dots there can you tell us a little bit about what eye trekkers is and how that business makes money yeah so um simplistically eye trekkers is an outdoor adventure company uh, we have a website that allows you to go book uh, outdoor adventures, you know, be it guided fishing, uh, so charter fishing, uh, guided camping, guided hiking, and guided uh, paddle sports, so kayaking tours and paddleboard tours, things like that. And we, you know, we do this all across the state of Florida. From an investor standpoint, we're like a tech company. Essentially, we're the Airbnb or the Uber of the outdoors, if you want to call us that, um, where we're basically, we have a platform that connects consumers and a managed network of guides uh, to allow uh, customers to guests or prospective explorers, as we call them, aspiring explorers, uh, to get outdoors and experience something they've never experienced before. Um, you know, the whole point of what we do is to create memories and those memories and those smiles will stay with our guests forever. And, uh, in the end, the more smiles and memories we create, then the more people will think about the outdoors a little bit more when they're recycling or not recycling or throwing something on the ground. And then they'll think a little bit more about the benefits of the outdoors and, uh, help kind of maintain some of what we have left for uh, the future generations. You know, it, the bottom line is, and, and I tell I tell this story a lot, pretty much to everybody I meet, but my grandfather had 100% more raw nature at his disposal than my father did. And my father had 100% more raw nature at his disposal than I did. I've got three kids, you know, I've got an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a 16-month-old. If this trend continues, what's going to be left? I'm not quite sure. And uh, so for us, you know, we decided that the best way to have people to have a great experience in the outdoors for those who don't typically know how to do this kind of thing is to do it with a guide. And then in order to do that, we created a platform to connect the customer and the guide. And that's how today we have a thriving business across the entire state of Florida. And uh, pretty soon here, we'll be hitting the Southeast of the U.S. and then the rest of the U.S. That's pretty awesome. Talk to me about education and safety. So just a little bit more of my background. Uh, I am an Eagle Scout. I have, I probably can even count the amount of times I've been camping as a child, whether it's with my family or with a troop. And so that's something that's, you know, comes pretty naturally to me. If you threw me in a car with a tent and some basic supplies, I could get through a weekend or, or have quote unquote outdoor experience and, you know, make it work more or less because there's some, some skill set that I've picked up through my youth that I can call back on in, in addition to just a general confidence and, and awareness of the risks involved. But as you're talking about with a, in a, in a culture and a society that is much more located in cities and used to living indoors and working in an office, those skills aren't something that the general population necessarily has at their disposal. Um, so talk to me about the role that these guides play and what maybe um, maybe the life cycle of a client looks like. Because one of the things you said, that it's, it's the Uber or the Airbnb of the outdoors, but given your passion for you know preserving this and making this a more relevant part of people's lives, 
unlike an Airbnb or an Uber, my perception is maybe people can eventually evolve or grow past the point of needing that guide and being able to go on the trip themselves. But I'm sure there's there's an initial startup phase where they, they need that person looking out for them. So talk a little bit about what the guide does and then how you think about the standard customer for eye trackers. That's a that's a great question, Aaron. So before I talk about the guide, let me just give you our mission, right? So we are our mission is three three ways. Number one is get people outdoors with eye triggers. Number two is help get people outdoors regardless of where they're going or who they're going with. And number three is educate about the outdoors. All of our guides know that that's the mission. And so the the two key components there that don't involve our business going forward is the help and the education. So when you're on a guided adventure with an eye trackers guide, it, they're not just going to be driving a boat to take you to a fishing spot, or they're not just going to be getting you on a paddleboard and showing you how to do it uh, and pushing you off, or you know, take you to the woods and set up your campsite for you and then leave. Like that, that that's that's not what we're about. We're we're about the entire education process from beginning to end. So you know, when you arrive at the campsite, the guide's going to walk you through. You know, their surrounding area, the types of trees that you're around, what plants to watch out for, how to work the Bunsen burner, how to work the stove if, if, if the guide's not going to be there, what trails are around. Like, like, we literally take the time to educate you throughout the entire process. Because, you know, you're right, Aaron. Like, you go camping with me three times, you're probably not going to need to go camping with us again. You may need our help when it comes to the gear, and so we'll help you pick that out. You know, and, and by the way, we don't sell gear. Maybe one day, but you know, we'll help you pick out the gear. And if you want the same stuff that we have, we'll tell you and help you get it. But then, you know, we'll help you install it. You know, maybe one time we'll go with you and we'll show you how everything's done. Uh, but eventually, we we want you to go on your own because that's that's a success story. If if our guide can take a customer and get them to do that on their own, that means that that person is now enjoying the outdoors exponentially more times a year than they were before us. And that right there is a huge win because then that person is going to start taking friends and then those friends are going to start taking friends. And then we continue to push the movement where people are going to be caring about the environment and what's around. So, you know, our, the guide is there for safety, is there to make sure that your experience is the most memorable and pleasurable possible. And he's also there for your education and your awareness. And, and, and that's his role. Yeah. And it's definitely that perspective of the more people you serve and the more people you get engaged and feeling confident about these type of trips, you're really just building a massive referral network of, you know, Bob seems to really be going out and taking his family camping or going, they seem to be going out with their friends and going camping. What, how'd they figure that out? Like, I don't know any of those skills and they can refer someone to eye trackers to find a guide for them as well. So it, it makes sense. And it makes sense why uh, this is growing. I know that you've raised multiple millions of dollars of uh, fundraising to propel this effort outward from Florida through the rest of Southeast uh, America and eventually the entire country. Talk to me a little bit about what the process of scaling a product like this looks like. I, I understand, you know, if you're, you're building a platform, it's a two-sided marketplace where you're trying to find the potential customers who are looking for these guides. And then you're also trying to find the guides to list their services on this platform. Are, are you 
you're taking a cut of whatever the guide gets hired for. Um, how do you how do you market to those two populations to get them to use eye trackers? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. As you mentioned, it's a dual sided marketplace. So for us, the guide side is very easy. There's a um, so many guides out there, and those with the best internet presence are typically the worst guides because they're the ones who spend more time on their computer than they do outdoors. Uh, that's just kind of like a bottom line. So we have lots of amazing guides out there that have their own businesses that are now no longer getting business and they're having to shutter. And we tell them and educate them about what we're trying to do and how we only want the best because we guarantee our product 100% money back for any reason. And I mean any, like your breath smells. I want my money back. Boom, done. We learn from that. So, so when it comes to scale, the guide site's pretty easy. That plus our, our, our website doesn't actually advertise the guide. We advertise an experience and we assign guides on the back end. So I can like literally launch Atlanta tomorrow and have one guide in Atlanta and Atlanta is now launched. The, the, the complicated part for us on the guide side is going to be the camping guides. It's people like you I'm going to go after, Aaron. People who are Eagle Scouts, have that background, probably have first aid or don't, and we'll get it for them. People who just love the outdoors and want to share that passion that they have with others uh, and, and just wish they could go camping, you know, hiking and backpacking even more than they do today. Uh, and now they get paid for it, right? So it's not like Uber where you're driving a car. It's like, oh, I'm so excited to drive my car. Like here, it's like I'm pumped about taking people out to the outdoors, uh, that's a little bit harder and demands a little bit of trickiness on our part. Um, but the great news is the, the community is pretty small. So we can scale up across the nation by using the, um, you know, the friend networks of those who are already in it. So guide side, easy. Consumer side, much, much harder. Um, so and to be honest with you, we're still struggling with this today. Product fit, market fit, and messaging. We have kind of four different personas that we go after. We go after the urban athlete, which is kind of like the single city man, woman. Um, you know, they live in the city, they're rushed for time, they want cool experiences, they want to show it on Facebook. You know, they book with us because they know it's hassle-free. Like you don't have to own a board in your apartment and bring it down the elevator and put it on your car and take it out. Like, no, you just go with us. You go online, boom, schedule your date with your friends, off you go. Um, then we target, you know, the moms of the world, they are the real decision makers in a family, you know, who are playing their, their outdoor experiences or who are playing their, their experiences, period. How we get that person is different than how we get the urban athlete, is different than how we get the business-minded individual who needs, who needs a client meeting somewhere, and is different than how we get the kind of the older, we call them the athleisurists, uh, the old, a bit of an older demographic who are just looking to get away. So, you know, we need four different types of messaging for the four different types of consumers that we're trying to serve. Uh, and we need a website that's dynamic enough to respond to all of the needs of each and every one of them. So that, that, that's a bit of the uh, tricky part when it comes to uh, scaling our product. And that's what we're still working on today before we go massive scale, because we want to make sure we've got that side of the house down uh, before we expand and spend more marketing dollars on new regions and may not get the return that we're looking for. I understand. Talk to me about launching this thing because, you know, we have a lot of the young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who listen to this and we, they love the story of the launch and, and, the, and the real story, not the how everything we, you know, 
our Kickstarter, we hit five times our goal or whatever it may be. Your background was in, in business, but you're building really a, a tech platform for this. What did that look like in terms of finding either the contractors or the co-founders or the staff to help you build this and meet the market for the first time? Great question. Uh, again, um, the launch was, well, I was working with for Capital One at the time. So when I came back from Costa Rica, I uh, went to Virginia because we had our daughter was born in Costa Rica. My wife's like, listen, uh, I, you know, Costa Rica is awesome. Uh, but with a kid, beach life is a little bit more difficult. Uh, so we moved to Richmond. I got an MBA because uh, I didn't know what to do. I was lost. Uh, and I got a job at Capital One, who eventually transferred me down to Tampa, uh, where I went from analytics to running a call center. So I was running a call center in Tampa. Uh, and then I got laid off. And uh, they're like, uh, yeah, we need you to go back to Richmond. And I said, no, you just moved me here with my two kids a year ago. And so they felt bad. They gave me a nice package and a, a BS job that I, for six months where I was working like five hours a week and they knew it. And I was the guys, I'm not doing anything here. I'm like, yeah, we're sorry. So that, that's the launch story. Complete fall from grace, lost my quote unquote career um, with a company that I actually enjoyed working for and I was learning a lot from and then uh, laid off. And so I'd had this idea for years and then I finally got a chance to work on the business plan. And, and, and as you pointed out, Aaron, I know nothing about technology or knew nothing about technology at the time. Uh, I don't know how to code still. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, what, if you ask me right now, what is the programming that we use on our website? I wouldn't be able to tell you. No, I'm dead serious because that's, that's, that I, you know what? I don't need to know that. I knew what I wanted to achieve. I knew how I wanted to do it. And I went out and found the partners to do it with. Now, here comes the problem. My first launch was in, so I started in May of 14, the business plan. Found partners, not, not co-founders, outsourced. So lean startup, think lean startup where I'm outsourcing everything. Uh, lean, lean startup methodology, uh, found a firm to help me with my marketing, found a developer that loved to fish. So I'm like, oh, this is a match made in heaven, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Huge mistakes. <laughs> Launched in December 14, complete utter failure, zero. I mean, like the launch was heinous. The website was disgusting. It was not made from the customer type that I wanted. I had no idea what I bought and I just complete disaster. Fired the developer, fired the marketing firm. And I basically, I lost all, 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 all the seed money that I had and I had to start all over again. Which I did. Uh, it was kind of like crunch time, and, and and I decided, you know what, it's worth it to give it the real good go. And so, kind of came out of the ashes, learned a ton from that process. Got with uh, so a couple of key members, interviewed a more more you know tech side, more marketing, etc., and then relaunched in April of fifteen. Um, then I by September of fifteen, I hired my two first full time employees, one my trek director, the other one my ops director, and kind of went from there. But I mean, it has been a long, hard fought battle every day until this point. And it will continue to be for many, many, many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone's listening right now and they have, they say, you know, Tom, I have the concept. I have maybe the the basic idea of what I want the site to look like. And I have this vision for how the business is going to work. Uh, but I'm in the same shoes as you. I, I don't know how to code. I'm not 
a massive marketing guru. You you had these pitfalls. Let me rob some of your wisdom and skip a few steps. Where would you what would what advice would you tell me if I'm just kind of kicking off this venture? Where where should I start? Well, uh, the first thing I would say is if there is a compatible type of product out there or industry out there, I would go get a job there first while you work out these kinks. So go get a job within the industry and learn everything you possibly can. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is take your business plan, your business idea, draw out as much of it as possible, create as concrete as possible. And, and, and I'm not saying you need to like have pretty pictures. Like I literally draw them out. Like I, like my office is still like whiteboard paper everywhere just because that's how my brain works. But you know, write it all out and then go talk to a hundred different people, literally people in the industry, people outside the industry and pitch them your idea and show them how it's gonna work and let them destroy it and don't feel bad. Because as they ask you questions that you can't answer, it's gonna give you more questions and then you're gonna come up with those answers. And then eventually after those 100 conversations, you're gonna have a rock solid plan or the rock solid idea or you'll realize, you know what, this is never gonna work. Once you have that plan, now you gotta go find the people that are gonna help you execute that plan. It's not because you don't have the skill set that those in your network or those around you don't have that skill set to help you find those people. I used one of my board members who has started six tech companies. I used him as a sounding board to assist me in the interview process because I, I didn't know anything, so I'd already made enough mistakes. So I brought him along to help in that process, to help choose which vendor or which vendor would become my, my next partner. And then who that partner I might be able to bring in-house one day. So instead of looking at the big firms, go try to find specific individuals. Because those individuals might be so bought into your idea that eventually they'll be your next co-founder, they'll be your next COO, or they'll be a part of your organization. So that's kind of like the first part, you know, go get a job in the industry somehow, some way related and learn. While you're learning and work, work on your business plan, have hundreds of lunches, breakfasts, dinners with people within your network and ask them for three more people and just keep going. And the more you work on that, the better it will be. And then three, you know, use people who have the talents you don't to help you interview those that you want to work with. Like, to, like if you're able to do that, you're, you're, you're going to bypass a year and a half of the, the hellish slog that I went through. Uh, to get to the point I am today. Like you will literally like just fly by everybody else. Yeah. And I really like, I love that, you know, calling on other wisdom to help with the interview process. I also really love that reframing of the business plan notion from, I, I think the perception of a lot of people, maybe if they haven't done it or it's their first time, is they're putting together a business plan and they're trying to really make concrete projections. Like, well, th we're going to have this many customers here and this much revenue here. And the reality is that you can't accurately forecast every single number of your business, but you can prepare for different outcomes. So here's what a best case scenario looks like. Here's what a worst case scenario looks like. Here's how we'll adjust. Here's how those two potential pathways could play out and thinking through those scenarios before you have to go through them. And I think that that's just a really valuable effort before you go into, and it's the difference between going in blind and versus going in with some sort of vision for how things could play out. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more uh, with that. It's just, you know, a business plan, you know, you're taught in school, a business plan is everything. 
you know, a business plan is the same as drawing a design on a napkin. I mean, think about it, right? Like you've got the shape, you've got kind of some of the design elements you like, and then it's like you're going to try to go sell what's on your napkin. Like, no, you know, the business plan is just that it's a shell. Reality is going to help you get to where you're going, being able to, you know, the people with the best laid models, they're all wrong. They're, they're, they're going to be wrong. There's no way. I mean, like, you know, you make a hundred assumptions every time you build a model. They're all wrong. I mean, if they weren't wrong, everyone who had a startup would be a gazillionaire at this point, And there'd be, you know, a million companies out there. So it's, it's uh, no, I, you know, I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, just, just take your time, take it for what it's worth. And it's just, it's really through those conversations that you're going to realize my, that assumption is absolutely wrong. There, there's no way around that. And just learn from those who, who know more. I mean, you know, we, we, we all think we, we have the greatest idea and know the most. But the reason why people don't talk about their plan is they're afraid people will steal their idea. That's kind of what they tell you. The reality is, is they're afraid of negative feedback. And being afraid of negative feedback already predetermines your failure. Let them destroy it. Because you will come out a hundred times more powerful every single time. Every conversation, you will get better. No doubt about it. I totally agree. And, and to kind of bring things full circle here, experiences out in nature, whether it's going fishing or going camping or hiking or whatever it may be, really do teach you a lot of these same lessons. So being able to deal with, you know, variable out of the blue weather or uncertain situations and building a confidence, building an adaptability in yourself that can respond to those scenarios. That those are those are kind of core skills. And we've we've had other people on the show with a similar passion for getting people outside, uh, including in episode ninety seven we had Adam Harridan who teaches people about foraging for mushrooms and just the natural um nutrient sources that are out there in nature that people can access. But I'm curious for you kind of honing back in on that passion, that mission that you've stated for iTrekkers, where that's really born from and, and why, what you see as some of the best values that people can get from these experiences outdoors. That, that's, that's a great question. So, I, you know, my passion for the outdoors was born when I was really young. It was with my father uh, on a camping trip, one of my clear memories this day was camping on a riverbed and then being in a car and listening to the Bee Gees on the way home and just, you know, just remembering that kind of water kind of going by and just the sounds of it. That's, that's, that's my first real outdoor memory. And then my, 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 my grandfather who was an architect, but he loved to garden. And so he taught me the art of gardening, you know, which, which I'm still fascinated by today. And I, I, I have plants all over my house, <laughs> but you know, for me, what I realized in the outdoors is that everyone experiences something different. You know, you have some people who are going to experience, you know, they'll, they'll describe it as, you know, the closest they get to some type of God feeling, you know, what, no matter what religion. Uh, or if, you, if you're a non-believer, it's just the closest you feel to the earth is when you're kind of alone in that type of environment, you know, uh, others describe it as like the coolest thing they've ever done or some unique experience that they were really pumped about. Um, and, and, and it's so with each person experiencing the outdoors in a different way, for, for me, the only thing I can do is I can get you out there and I can set you up out there and set up the most perfect way possible an outdoor adventure. But at the end of the day, it, it's up to you to, to, to take that ride. To, 
to go down the path that you are eventually going to go down and to feel inside of yourself what you will feel, either with those around you or alone. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the critical nature of the outdoors is, is for some it gets you away, for others it brings you closer, for some more it just opens your eyes, uh, others it allows for creative thinking. It's up to each of us to have our own experience, but I'm here just to facilitate you being able to even have that experience in a hassle-free and easy way. Well, I love the mission and I, I thank you for taking that on, Tom. As we aim towards wrapping up here, people are going to want to learn more about iTrekkers, about you and your work. Uh, where can we direct them in the digital world to learn more? Yeah, Aaron, uh, you know, you can go to itrekkers.com. So that's I-T-R-E-K-K-E-R-S.com. That's our website. Uh, check out our blog. We've got some really cool stories, not only about what we do, but just about, you know, things to do in certain locations or really cool treks that uh, some team members may have done. So check out our blog. I think you'll you'll like that. Uh, we do a lot of Instagram, at, you know, Instagram at iTrekkers. Uh, we do Facebook, iTrekkers LLC. You know, you can always check us out on LinkedIn or check me out at Tom Moulier for the digital space or, or just email me direct if you're interested. Tom Moulier, that's M-U-L-L-I-E-Z at itrekkers.com. Um, and I'd love to hear from you or any thoughts or anyone has about this uh, podcast or if anyone has any other, uh, other questions, you know, please feel free to reach out. Yeah, we'll be sure to link to all that in the show notes at goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast. We'll, we'll have all the links and a nice bio and all that stuff summarized there. But as we do at the end of every episode, Tom, uh, first one, just thank you for coming on and also give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience. Yeah, so uh, my challenge to your audience is for each and every one of you to take six friends or family members and spend at minimum four hours outdoors, be it in a natural, you know, one of the America's great parks, uh, on the water, on a beach, anywhere. My challenge is just go spend four hours outdoors. And while you're there, think about what it means to you to be able to do that and to be able to enjoy what's around you. That is my challenge. I love it. And one of, one of the experiences I've had uh, relatively recently was uh, we went on a backpacking trip. And at the very end, before we were going to hop in the cars, we came to, I don't know if you'd necessarily call it a river, but there, a water crossing and there was all sorts of rocks all over the sides. And we put our bags down and just kind of jumped and played and ran all over the rocks. And it really brings you back to that feeling of play, that feeling of freedom that, that sometimes gets lost as we get older, that feeling that was so prevalent as a child uh, sometimes gets lost when we're punching the clock nine to five or uh, doing all the other responsibilities that end up falling on our shoulders. I'm sure, you know, as a father, you're well aware of that, Tom, but uh, I think that that's something that a lot of people should embrace and take advantage of. And uh, thank you so much for that challenge. Absolutely. And Aaron, thanks so much for having me. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. Well, we just went deep. I hope everyone will check out iTrekkers and get their butts outdoors. I hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Please hit subscribe if you've not already done so. Many of you have left five-star reviews for us over on iTunes. We have over 90, trying to get up to 100. So head on over there if you have not yet done so. Helps people find the show and this 
audience to continue to grow. I'm so humbled by how many listeners that we have and the great guests that I get to interview. One of the most exciting ones I've had in a while is coming up on Wednesday. Ed Lattimore is a heavyweight boxer, physicist, and published writer. He has a ton of big thoughts in a number of different areas that you will be sure to learn from and expand your own mind. So make sure you're subscribed and staying tuned to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.